All right, it's Monday in America, and with it, uh, Bijan and I talk Celtics, their outlook for the playoffs. We're generally pretty optimistic about that, and then Rohit and I talk, you know, Bulls, the rest of the playing situation, both the Eastern and the Western Conference, the three six and the four five matchups that we do know are going to happen. Um, so a lot of NBA stuff. And then, you know, some quick hitters on the Masters. You know, congrats to John Rahm, uh, UFC, you know, Adesanya. Uh, what am I forgetting here? It's Monday morning, as I said. What am I forgetting? A little college basketball updates, if you will. A little transfer portal. A little Donnie Freeman action. Um, and the Red Sox and the Bruins, too. NHL playoffs starting up soon as well. 63 wins. What's up? Um, so, yeah, good episode. Pretty short, if you will, for our standards. But, yeah. It is what it is, and thank you for listening to Clean the Boards. With Rohit D'Souza and Bijan Sharifi and maybe John Boyle, I'm Austin Fair. The NBA playoffs are, are mostly set. The plane still has to be determined here, but the regular season is over, and with it, we'll be spending the next 90 minutes debating which MVP is more, most deserving. No, we won't do that because I, I hate that. I hate that narrative in the media. It's gotten so old. It, it, it's blown out of proportion. Like, yeah, you know? it really has been. Yeah, it really has been. I saw Will Bond today on ESPN was like, you know, I'm going with Embiid because of the pressure he does. He has to face with Philadelphia that you don't get in Denver and Milwaukee. I'm like, Will Bond's a great guy, but that's a horrible point. Anyways. I think Embiid deserves it, though, but I won't. we don't have to talk about it. Anymore. Yeah. Um. Well, I do want to start off here on is the Boston Celtics. Um, had a nice little winning streak to end the season. We pretty much locked up the two seed for a while, so some of these games haven't really mattered. But it's great to see Sam Hauser, you know, continue to be one of the best two-way players in the NBA. Is that a hyperbole? Sure, whatever. <laughs> um, Peyton Pritchard put up a stat line today that only John Havlicek and Larry Bird had done in Celtics history. So there's that. Um, and Muscala from OKC is lighting it up. We'll see if he gets in the rotation in the playoffs. But, but Bijan, we were pretty pessimistic about this team, I feel like, about a month ago. Some really weird losses to some bad teams. You know, we had that stretch. We lost to the Knicks twice in a week. We had a, that Wizards loss, a bunch of other stuff, that Nets loss, with that big comeback that we that we blew. But right now, I'm feeling, feeling pretty, pretty good with this team heading into the postseason. Yeah, so I was with you a month ago, but I think we all, over, all like to overreact. I think the thing about what happened with March was just, okay, like it's kind of like March was normally the time for the Celtics in past years where, okay, Tatum comes alive. like, And then it looked like they were kind of like falling at the wrong time because like, I don't know if you remember, some losses earlier in the year, like OKC, like that one where they gave up 150, like I didn't overreact to that type of stuff. But those that stretch of games you're talking about, like the Cavs loss, were just a particularly frustrating frustrating group of games where Grant missed the two free throws and they lost that Knicks game, blew a 29-point lead to the Nets. Even that Jazz game they lost, like maybe about yep. like three weeks ago. I mean, all those losses were really, really annoying. But ever since um, that Sacramento game, and obviously they've had a few stinkers in there, mainly being that Washington game, their offense has looked back well, in the last 15 games, their offense and defense are both number one net rating. So you want to be trending in the right direction towards the end start of the postseason. The Celtics have done that, just that. Even in games where their lineup's been short, they have been truly 
they have been truly trending in the right direction. Um, so I'm feeling too good, but also I've been, I've, my opinion never changed with that. It, with it being that if they play their best, they won't like other teams won't beat them. It's just, can we, can we trust them to get their best performance? But I don't know. You remember I was saying that I'd always be saying that. Yes. Yes. And, and to piggyback off of that beach on, cause that's the agenda that I like to hear. I actually caught myself today or yesterday saying that exact take to, to somebody else. I'm like Celtics at their best beats anybody else at their best, you know, just a, just a cool line to say. Um, yeah. I'm thinking back and, you know, I know these two sports have no correlation whatsoever and, you know, I'm a narrative based guy to a fault, admittedly to a fault, but I, I've st- I've thought about how there might be some parallels from the Celtics team to the 2022-2023 men's UConn Huskies. You start the year off, guns a-blazing, best team in the league, no doubt about it. Then you go through your rough patch in the middle of the season. Everybody's off of you. You know, everybody's down on you. Oh, what happened to the Celtics? What happened to the Huskies? And then you turn it around entering postseason action you have momentum building, and you come in flying still a little bit under the radar. UConn wasn't really thought of as one of those top teams. Milwaukee is still thought of as like a notch above the Celtics, at least what it seems to me. I don't know, Bijan. I I feel like there is some parallels with that, and I think that there's only two outcomes for the postseason outlook for the Celtics. Outcome number one, we lose to the Bucs in the conference finals. Outcome number two, we win the NBA Finals. I think the Bucs are the only team that's good enough to beat us in a seven-game series. All of that stuff is is obviously assuming good health. But I truly think that we're one of the two best teams in the league, and it's either Milwaukee or us is winning the title. So I have lots of respect for Giannis and Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez. But I, I don't know why. I feel like the Bucs get kind of like this credit that they kind of deserve because they won a title, but also that year – uh, Durant was literally carrying a team that was playing, having Blake Griffin guard Giannis the whole series with no Kyrie and 20% of James Harden, then going on to play the Atlanta Hawks, the mighty Atlanta Hawks in the conference finals. And then the Phoenix Suns with literally not a single body that could guard him other than kind of Mikal Bridges, but even Mikal Bridges is way too small to guard Giannis. They'd have DeAndre Ayton and Dario Saric on him and stuff like that. So I feel like the Bucs sometimes do get a little of this credit that they kind of deserve but I feel like the Celtics I I think they're they're my favorite um over the Bucks. I just think not just because of that 40 point win but just how, overall how they've matched up this year and also I just think that we just have more good dynamic players the Bucks. I mean Middleton is 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 getting better maybe but they just they 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 a lot of those the guys they just can't guard us like I know that they have Giannis and Lopez and uh, Holiday, who are all elite defenders. But I think Lopez can be exposed at some, to some extent. I don't really think Giannis and, Giannis and Holiday can't really be exposed in defensive end. But you guys start getting the guys like Joe Ingles, Bobby Portis, uh, Chris Middleton. Like, that Celtics game that where they won by 40, I know the Bucks were coming off a of back-to-back. But, I mean, when the Celtics play a back-to-back, we don't ever use that as an excuse. So I don't know why there's a double right. standard there. Uh, every time right. someone brings up that game, if they have to mention the off the back to back, but yet I feel like the national media overall just doesn't like the Celtics. Like they're always giving the Bucks like this upper upper hand to them. And I just feel like the Celtics have earned the the to be the the favorites over the Bucks. I I do think the Bucks are a team as 
uh, I forget what someone says this. They're just a team full of adults. So I do trust them to play well. Mm. Um, mm. But I just think I, I, I think the Celtics against the best teams, they, they bring their A game. And last year, that series should have been over in, in much more than seven. The two, the two, two of the games they lost at the end were, were one of them was a complete choke. And the other one was just, uh, they, they probably should have won that game. So, um, also, I don't really worry about home court. Celtics have been the best road team in the league this year. So, uh, all things are heading in the right direction. Number two, classically number two, like LeBron, he getting to the finals. That's something number one doesn't doesn't always mean everything. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you just said, including the part about how there's a national media standard of the Bucks. I, I like if if he they they might use the like the the saying not the saying but like the caveat of oh the Celtics beat the Bucks last year but that was with no Middleton but yeah but if you Middleton say that you like, have to say that the Bucks Malcolm beat the Nets the previous year yeah. when when they had an injury when Brooklyn had an injured team and you just mentioned that Blake Griffin was guarding Giannis for that series. Although I will say, if this does, if this hypothetical East Coast Finals matchup does happen, Blake is not a half bad option to throw on Giannis. No, I, I mean know. I'm with all saying, due seriousness, no, no. for yeah. sure, I'm 100. I, I 100 agree with you. It's just like I was using it kind of as an example. Like he was just guard. Like I don't want him guarding him the whole game. The point that you want guys to throw at Giannis, so he's definitely one of those guys that you can feel comfortable with on some possessions guarding him. But when he's just going back and forth with him, I mean, he fought his his butt off. But I mean. I mean, yeah. Giannis is going to dominate. Yeah, I mean, the image of Tatum blowing by a defensive, like a good solid defensive Joe stance, Ingles. Joe Ingles. Yeah, yeah. like that's like that in my image. mind from that forty-piece game. And I and like I trust me, I don't want to take too much stock in that game. Not even because of the back-to-back thing, which I think somebody broke it down. There's no statistical correlation in a win-loss percentage on back-to-back stuff. Um, I just think that the Celtics needed that game. They want. They had more. They needed to prove that they could beat Milwaukee more than Milwaukee had to prove that they beat us, if that makes any sense, um, because we had just See, lost I, the Wizards. I, um, and yeah, uh, I don't really agree. With, that's that. That's that. Like that standard that they get held to. That I kind of disagree with. Like why? Why is like I understand Milwaukee. Milwaukee has had two great stretches of bat. I mean, even since their sixteen game win streak, they've been very good. But they had the sixteen win game streak and the nine game win streak. So that's like. Half of their wins coming in a win streak, or a little bit more, less than half of their wins. But I don't know. I just, for a lot, for parts of the season, the Bucks were also playing very mid basketball. Just that maybe a little less of an alarming time, like in January and February. Um, yeah. But at, there was times in the year when the Bucks were not playing well. I forget exactly when they started off really hot, but then I mean, there's a reason the Celtics got got up to a five and a half game lead over them for first, and then the Bucks really had heated up. Right, right, but it'll right, be fun. Yeah. I think I'm concerned about a first round series with Miami just because the Missoula versus Spolstra factor. Also, like Udonis has them scoring like 24 points today. Like, what if he can like rally that team? You know, just uh... all these things that go into your mind. Like, I just feel I'd rather be playing Philly in the first round. Wow. I mean, mind. So I'm glad you mentioned that to, as to keep things moving here. I think we can both say that we're going to be rooting for Atlanta to beat Miami on Tuesday night. They're going to be a much easier matchup for us. I think we yes. sweep the Hawks. Um, yeah, I, think I think that's a hot take. Um, yeah. uh, but I think I think the narrative that's starting to form of the Heat being a tough out that nobody wants to see is gone a little too far. 
Um, yeah, there's, yeah. there's got to be a reason why their record is this bad. Like Lowry, like completely sucks, right? Um, the only person sure. Butler is Butler is really the guy. He's the guy, and, and we've seen him beat the Celtics single handedly twice last year. In order for the Heat to beat us. He basically has to play like LeBron for four games, not like LeBron for two games, like we saw in that series last year. Like, because we're just flat out much better. We're just better. Like, the better team's gonna win a seven game series. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that that Heat series as much as other people kind of think. And maybe oh, the Heat can muck it up. Well, we also got guys who can like Brogdon's a dog. Like we added him. You know. He wasn't part of this equation last year when we yeah. faced the Heat. Yeah. You know, he could be the sixth I, man of the year. Yeah, I just think I'd just rather play Atlanta. I think that's my overall point. Of course, yeah. Um, and uh, also, Miami, like, there's something there's something there with Butler where I feel like if they were playing Philly round one, if Miami was playing Philly, I, I mean, I actually wouldn't know who to pick because I just mm. feel like I just I just feel like Miami has, I mean, they, you got, you can't go back to last year, but I mean, I just feel like Miami, like they just have it in them to beat, to, to beat them, to beat also. And I'm not saying the, I, I think they would beat the Celtics in a seven game series, but I feel pretty comfortable saying it's going six. I mean, maybe okay. five, but I, I just don't want to deal with that in the first round. I mean, that's just not what you're really looking for, but I mean, at right. the end of the day, you got to play, you got to play, but. Right. I mean, I'd much last year, yeah. I mean, last year we got st- stuck with the with the Nets, and nobody wanted that. Oh well, well we swept them. So I, I, yeah. I think the cream is going to rise to the crop. I'm not too concerned about the first round matchup now. Jalen Brown's if, hand has to be okay. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, Rohit. Um, wait, can I, can wanna, I say one thing before I hop yes. off? I sure. just want, I'm going to hop off, but um, I just want to say also I didn't mention Rob Williams how he's looked in the past. Mm maybe weak, but especially that Raptors game on Friday in the first half looked as impactful as I've seen him all year, as close to Rob from last year before he got hurt, and that when they went on their insane run from last year that I feel like I've seen just coming from weak side, blocking shots. I mean, the Raptors kind of play stupid basketball, but that was part of it. But he was just overall over the place. Nice one-hand finish on the lob. But yeah, I just want to say if he's like that, then they are Celtics will be very, very, very hard to beat, even if on nights when they're not playing good offense because their defense will be dominant. Exactly. Right. There's so many Gentlemen, options. I'm going to hop off. Peace, Bijan. Bijan. Thank you, Bijan. Bye, Rohit. Bye, good night. Good night. Um, Rohit, as we get you in here, stop uh, staring off into the abyss as you crawl over on your bed for the listeners. Oh, um, yeah. We mentioned the Heat and the Hawks. The other playing game that's going to happen on Wednesday is the lowly, your your lowly Bulls are playing the Raptors. Do you even want to win this game? Is there any incentive on getting the eight seed? Because I you're just going to get swept by the Bucks. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you got to want to like see the Bulls play more, more games. I think it's important to win to get the playoffs, not just to like, you know, make the playoffs, but to sort of call the season not a failure. I think with the roster we have, you got to like, do something. I mean, you're a 10 seed. If you can make the playoffs, that's a, that's a good sign. I mean, all you got to do is win two games, which is obviously easier said than done. But, I mean, I think with the team we have, I think we can definitely make the playoffs. I think it'd be good for the, the morale, 
of the team, I think good for the players to have. Say we made the playoffs, and you you might not get some of the bucks. You might get four one, something like that, just because you know we are like rivals with Milwaukee, and obviously they're a good team. But I feel like we definitely squeeze one game out, just because we got that dog mentality, as we all know. But we gotta get by the Raptors, of course, at a away game in Toronto, which is which is tough. The Raptors are, I feel like they're a pretty good home team. I'm not sure statistically how that shows, but. I just feel like they are good at home. And they're just an awkward team to play in general. Like they're a pesky team. And so yeah. the stats, the stats say that they are 27 14 at home and the Bulls are 18 and 23 on the road. Toronto opens up as a four and a half point favorite for Wednesday night. I mean, bro, I'm I don't I just don't see it with you guys. If you guys were such dogs, why would you have a losing record? Um I just feel bad for Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. Then Gundy was – it was funny. Mark Jones, I know you were exhausted and you were traveling today, bro, but Mark Jones brought up the Bulls because he's calling a game in Toronto on Wednesday. And he's like, yes, Van Gundy, you know, I feel like, you know, with the talent that they had, they were they underachieved this year. And Van Gundy, and classic Van Gundy, actually goes, I don't think they underachieved at all. I think they just are who they are and they miss Lonzo Ball and they just couldn't figure it out without him. Pretty much. Um, but it's a real shame to have those three top tier guys and to have a losing record. I mean, I feel like you're kind of a directionless team right now. Yeah, I definitely think that the I think Lonzo is really good, but at the same time, you can't expect us to add Lonzo and expect us to be like a one seed. I know like last year there's a point in time we were a one seed and we had Lonzo in a healthy roster, but I don't think it's the same thing again. But I do think Lonzo is a big part of this team, but at the same time with the pieces we have. We should be able to put something together that's better than a 10 seed, you know. But at the end of the day, we still made the play on. There's still an opportunity to sort of avenge the season and make the playoffs. But you got to get one game at a time. So we'll see the wrap. We'll see the Raptors on Wednesday and we'll see how it goes. I'm pretty optimistic. I'll be watching, rooting for them. But I mean, if they don't, if it closes then, you know, it's a tough season overall, regardless of what happens. But I'm excited to see how this goes, how they end it. How they close. Yeah, well, I'm not super excited with that as as you are, but what I am excited for are the are the matchups that we do know are gonna happen. Stick in the East right now. We got Knicks, Cavaliers, and Sixers, Nets. Sixers, Nets kind of met, even though you have like the James Harden factor, but like I I feel like the Sixers should get by in that series. It kind of reminds me of like nostalgia from 2019 when I want to say we were sophomores when I think the Sixers played. Nets and that was like that Jared Dudley and Ben Simmons antics, that kind of stuff. Um, crazy how time flies with that when the Celtics like yeah. swept the Pacers and got gentlemen swept by the Bucks. Um, I don't know. This is kind of a series where I want to pick both teams to win, but only one team can win. I think the trendy pick is going to pick New York, but I'm going to lean Cleveland because they have Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks don't. Yeah, I think Cleveland's been really good all season. But the Knicks are also like a pesky team because they're like, I feel like they can just be better. I mean, they've had big games this season, like against the Celtics. I guess they've won a lot. And so they've shown that they can be a really good team. But I don't know. I feel like in a seven-game series, they, they don't really have that consistency in them that I feel like Cleveland will. I think I would go to Cleveland in six for the series, to be honest, because I feel like the Knicks could definitely snag a few games, especially at home and, and MSG. But I think I think overall, I'd probably take Cleveland just because they are like, I think they're legitimately the better team. 
Yeah, and I know there's going to be that storyline of, oh, if Mitchell had just gone to the Knicks because there's rumors with that being traded and R.J. Barrett being involved in that package there. So that's going to be an obvious storyline and a narrative. I don't, Brunson could definitely outduel Mitchell for a game or two, that's for sure, hitting those mid-range jumpers. I look at the series, I close my eyes, and I say, uh, uh, this series is definitely going to be tied up at two apiece heading into game five back in Cleveland. But I, I agree with you. I think Cleveland takes it in six, exactly six games. And New York goes out. I mean, as a Celtics fan, I'm, I'm glad the Knicks aren't in our side of the bracket. Um, the other one there, yeah, Nets Sixers. Uh, just, I just feel like there's, there's just, there's not much juice going on. I, I just wish that like there are more characters for for Brooklyn because Mikel Bridges and Spencer Didwitty and the cast of characters or the cast of lack of characters. I just don't think they have the horses to, to be competitive. I don't know about you. Yeah, I probably agree. I don't know. I feel like I feel like uh, I think I saw the odds on this it was like plus six fifty or something for the Nets, which I think is pretty good value actually. I think the Nets actually have like a legit shot to sort of upset the Sixers here. I think they've got like tra- especially the trade, the Kevin Durant trade, kind of like I don't think anyone really dismissed the Nets, but I don't think they expected the Nets to have the success they've had, and they sort of have momentum. And I'm not saying the Sixers don't have momentum, but I feel like a lot of the Sixers narrative. And like character, this latter part of the season has been focused on like Joel Embiid's MVP candidate, or like his like whole resume, and if he can get it yeah. or not. Like I feel like the Sixers' success of the team hasn't been like a major focus. I think it's more of an immediate eyes than it is in like terms of like what the players think, obviously. But in my opinion, I th- I think the Nets are a real shot. So I'm actually probably gonna go Nets and seven here, which I know is oh probably a hot take. Bro, bro, but, this is this is like you picking Colgate over Texas and Northern Kentucky over Houston. This is just classic contrarian that you know is going to backfire. Bro. Fuck Houston. No, I'm telling you, Nets, Nets and seven. It's Nets just not going to. Uh, uh, I wish. That would be really funny. But I. Uh, go Mikel. Mikel Bridges with that dog in him. They're just, an eight play Cam point, Thomas. Oh, they're an eight point underdog in game one. Good. They're going to fucking cover. They cover, they cover doesn't. Huh? They're minus eight. Well, net, the, the Nets, Nets are, are plus eight. eight. No, they're minus. Oh, that's, that's a clear, obvious error. Obvious error in the bookie. There should be minus eight, but it's all right. <laughs> Take that shit right uh, now. House on it. Yeah. Resident Las Vegas, Rohit, giving you all the losers you ever need. Just fade at all times. Um, yes, sir. Anyway, moving to the West, which I think, obviously, I don't think I think, I think it's pretty clear that the first-round matchups are a lot more interesting in the West than they are in the East. Um, Suns, Clippers, my goodness, these are arguably like two of the top three, four teams in the West, and they're meeting the first round. You got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker against Russell Westbrook, if you will, and and Kawhi Leonard. Um, The Clippers low-key screwed themselves by winning today's game, Sunday's game, that is, to uh, to secure themselves of the five seed to play Phoenix. Um, Paul George, I hear, is not healthy. And because of that, uh, it just seems like Phoenix is going to win. I don't know in how many games. I'm not going to count out Kawhi Leonard and Ty Lue. I'm not going to do that. I know Norman Powell is like a six-man-of-the-year candidate. He's been shooting lights out for them. But... Is Kevin Durant really going to lose two straight first-round series? I don't think so. I think Phoenix wins in probably six games. Yeah, I probably agree with that. My only concern, obviously, Paul George not being out, but then also Kawhi Leonard being like a primetime defender. 
on Kevin Durant and also just like the chemistry of Kevin Durant in, in Phoenix. And I'm not saying that Kevin Durant could screw the chemistry so bad they would lose a lot, but I do think it's a thing to consider. They haven't played that many games together and kind of shoving Kevin Durant in that mix. I mean, obviously it's going to help every team. It's Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the league, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's playoff basketball. Do they really know what to do with each other and around each other? It's kind of a question of like wonder, like how they're going to play together. I think they'll be fine in the end, but I think down the line, it's something Phoenix will be exposed for, which is not being not playing enough games together and not having the chemistry that you need to really make a deep playoff run. But I think for the first round, they should be fine um, getting by just because they have so many weapons that, especially with the Clippers lacking Paul George, it's really hard to give the Clippers the edge here. So yeah. I'll probably go with Phoenix, Phoenix in six, I'd say. Uh-huh. The the winner you could argue of today today's slate um, was the Golden State Warriors. They win by a lot, but now they get the matchup that they probably wanted with the Kings. The Kings are only a one point favorite. And get this: the prime time game, ABC Saturday night, eight thirty p.m. in Sacramento. The playoff drought is over. That crowd's gonna be rocking. Um, I know one Sacramento fan here at Cuse. He's excited. Um, it's it it's been described as like a big brother little brother thing with with Northern California. Um, it's going to be an electric atmosphere, and I think the Kings make it competitive. It's weird to talk about the home team as the underdog, but I think they should be treated as the underdog here because they are the little brother. Um, the Warriors' road record. You, you got to tell me this is real, like. Their road record is eleven and thirty. I know they won these last two games on the road, but you know, against they were like the Kings were resting their starters in that Wednesday game or whatever, and the Blazers are playing a G League team out there. Um, shout out Skyler Mays though from LSU. Um, but you got to figure with Wiggins back, right? That there's no way that the that the defending champions lose to the Kings, right? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think the Kings will make it interesting. They're a three seed for a reason. They're play they're, you know, gonna be at home and playoff drought and everything, all those factors, but at the same time it's the Warriors. And so I think the Kings may make it interesting, but I'd probably take Warriors and six again. I think a six game series here is pretty comfortable for me. Like I could say the Kings taking maybe the first game, maybe the first two games. But I think the Warriors are the Warriors and they'll they'll pull out the series with the win. What I wanna see happen, don't get me wrong, I'll be rooting for the Kings to win this series. Um, like you, like I respect Draymond as as a. I guess I respect him as a competitor, even though like I still have those images of him just making non basketball fouls against the Celtics last year in the finals. Um, I it would be fun for me to see the Kings upset the Warriors and what an atmosphere that would be. And I think they're gonna take Game One and then Game Two. You know, Warriors are gonna have one of those classic you know, on the road, backs against the wall, and they're going to win. And I think it's going to be – it's probably going to be 2-2 heading into, into game five back in Sacramento. And I think that's where Sacramento season kind of sputters and, and Golden State wins the last two. And I'm right there with you, Ro. Warriors and six. Warriors and six. Um, But it just – it feels weird that they – they had such a weird season and a bunch of injuries. Their bench kind of sucked. Pool pool's play has been erratic, if you will. Yeah. Um, 
and yet like I, they should be considered the favorite in this series um, as much of a feel good story it's been for the Kings. But doesn't there always seem like there's that one team in the playoffs every year that's just a feel good story that's just happy to be there? And I, I see teams kind of dismissive to say it's the Kings, but that's got to be the obvious choice, right? Like no other teams, if I'm looking at it, are like that overachieving, happy to be there, feel good story. Or if, am I missing somebody else? It's got to be them, right? I think it's just them. I would like you. You could argue, like the Nets, maybe, but they're kind of a lower seed. But I think really it's just the Kings, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They basically, I mean, Dallas was major team that that dropped out of playoffs. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, and then we get to the play in here, or as the the dad joke thing, the love play in with the Lakers and LeBron hosting the Timberwolves. I, I actually was gonna start off with this if Bijan had to go, hadn't didn't need to go to bed so early because I want to talk Celtics with him. But the Timberwolves, Roki, I don't know if you caught this across all your travel. Um, but Rudy Gobert took a swing at Kyle Anderson because Anderson called yeah, him a bitch. I heard there was some like recording in the locker room of Kyle Anderson like complaining, and then I saw like Jaden McDaniels punch a wall or something and hurt hurt his hand. Something yeah, like he that. fractured his hand. Like he's probably not gonna be able to play here for like the rest of the season, right? Like if you fracture your hand, that's like gotta be a multiple yeah, he's like injury. A career defender. Um, so yeah, I mean that they kind of seem like a little mess right now. I think I forget who tweeted some, I think it was KG or something. He tweeted like just like momentum into the playoffs or playing something like that. Like, I, I don't know what KG smoking. Like, this team is like falling apart. Like, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. I think the Lakers should win this game. Um, I don't really see why they shouldn't, but. Yeah, definitely a weird way to end the season for your last game. Like, I've seen other teams fall apart, too. It was a really weird day for NBA basketball in general. But, yeah, Timberwolves are whack. Yeah, I I mean, go it's, it's, the Timberwolves from afar seem to have a, a funky season, and, and it's definitely no hyperbole to say that the Rudy Gobert trade has been even worse than everybody knew it was going to be when they treated the entire farm for him. Um, and arguably Walker Kessler is a more valuable asset right now than Rudy Gobert is straight up if you compare this just those two players as opposed to everything else mm-hmm. that the the Jazz got in the deal. Um, but I mean, at, despite all that, the Timberwolves did win that game today. Anthony Edwards is if you're if you're a Timberwolves fan, you're just thinking about Anthony Edwards and how good he is, um, and how he basically I guess won the game for them. And you got a veteran Mike Conley at least. Um, but if he got tension with Gobert and Anderson and he got McDaniels a lockdown defender out, I, I just don't see how they're going to beat the Lakers. And then they're going to have to play the winner of the Thunder and Pelicans. And I mean, those are two teams that are kind of get swept in the first round if they get in, probably with no Zion for the Pelicans. Actually, the Pelicans are respectable to probably they could probably win one or two games, especially because like the, the Nuggets aren't that scary, right? Like, I know, like. The one eight matchup with the two seven, like you could argue it's Grizzlies Lakers. You imagine like uh what's his face? That's so annoying. Dylan Brooks big doing his yeah. bickering bullshit with LeBron. And now you got Anthony Davis playing at an elite level again. 
I, I would truly wonder who would be favored in that hypothetical Grizzlies versus 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 Lakers series. And would I be wrong to think that the public would be would pick the Lakers to win that series? I think the public would. I think the Grizzlies are kind of like they're an overlooked team. I mean, they're very young, but they've had like a lot of success these past few seasons. And the Lakers obviously are just a well liked team nationally, with like just like Anthony Davis and LeBron and being in LA. And are they a well liked like, team nationally? Maybe not a well liked team, but maybe a well recognized team, I guess, in the sense that I mean, they're know, the Lakers and they have LeBron. Yeah, I guess that just the narrative like that. I think the public will want to like want them to win, but at the same time, it is a two seven series and like. You know the Grizzlies won fifty games this season. They're a legit series. They're a legit team. Um, they had their ups and downs the seasons, but you know I'd still take the Grizzlies in a Lakers Grizzlies series. I mean, I think they're just a better team overall. I think Lakers have had recent momentum, but at the same time, you know they've still had like losses. I'm trying to think like to the Clippers recently, and I guess like to the Bulls, Shadow Bulls. But I mean, they've definitely been like pretty good this like to finish the season. They played pretty weak teams, but I mean, like at least they've won the games and um, they've shown like some sort of momentum, which is is good. Especially heading into the play in playoffs, so but I'd probably still take the Grizzlies. And then I guess for an eight seed, if they if, assuming the Timberwolves lose, I think if they play the Thunder, they'd win, but they lose to the Pelicans. In my opinion, I think the Pelicans would beat the Timberwolves. The okay. Okay. Yeah, the, they can be a fun team, the, the Pelicans, um, if, they're, if they're playing, they're fast. Um, but, yeah, that's your kind of first round, kind of rescope here before the playing tournament starts. Um, I'm not going to – I think I've told you this, Rope, but, like, from an overarching standpoint, this has been, like, the least I've followed the NBA on, like, a day-to-day basis um, since I probably began following the league in, like, 2012, 2013-ish. Um, really, I don't know. Just college was so busy. Like, just there's just more and more responsibilities, and I just I like the college game much more. And um, I don't know. Like, I follow the Celtics, but like, I it's not like I could care give two shits. But I just didn't care about all the NBA stuff for. For most of the season, obviously, these last two weeks with with the college with March Madness winding down, I've got back into the swing of things here, and I'm excited for these first round matchups and how the playoffs are going to unfold. But I don't know, like the regular season just didn't seem to have as much oomph to me this year. I know a lot of stars sat out and mm-hmm. were injured and everything. I don't want to go down that route, but I don't know. I just didn't find myself as you know locked in and amazed by the day to day product as. I was with college hoops. Um, but yeah, now the playoffs are here. It's time to lock back in. And uh, I'm excited about that. Um, we should mention here the Masters. Uh Brooks kept lost. I you know, personally, I just I don't like to see that bad for bad for the agenda there. John Rob won. He's good. He's really good at golf. Yeah. Um, he's a worthy winner. So congrats to him. Um I don't know if you were following it this year, bro, but I know sometimes you like to get in on the Masters. I fall into Tiger Drop, and I said, fuck it, I don't want to watch this shit anymore. So, Yeah, go. it was really sad. I you know, I think one of my one of my takes I'm going to be running with till the end of time is that 
if you don't root for Tiger Woods at the Masters, you you aren't an American. Like it's an un-American yeah. thing to, to not be following along with Tiger. I think it's time for him to throw him. a towel. He didn't look that healthy, but it's good to see his name, you know, in golf. Yeah, it really, really is. I saw that new angle. They 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 released a quote unquote new angle of that famous shot he had on hole number sixteen in two thousand five, the one where he he like curves it in and the ball is sitting there right on the cup of going in and then it eventually falls in after like four seconds and he yeah. does the fist bump. They, they had a new angle that was really really cool, um, but uh, well, yeah, and a, a guy today did a similar shot like kind of from the the crowd and kind of came in from the left, circled back to the right, kind of the same way. Didn't link around, just went straight in. But uh, but that was, it was cool to see that. Um, in the NHL, go Bruins hashtag Go Bruins. They just secured the most regular season wins of all time. 63, 63 wins. Um, I was following along a little bit. It's the uh, Flyers from the, from the gym today. And uh, Pasta got 60 goals. Obviously, he's not going to – he didn't catch McDavid because he's elite. But I don't know. A little Bruins Celtics both in the finals this year. That would be pretty hyped for the city of Boston. No, it'll be um, um, over under half a game we go to between those two. Um, I'll probably take the under on that, low key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on. yeah, is, yeah, chalk it up, chalk it up to life, I guess. Yeah, uh, and uh, internships, meh. Um, <laughs> um, I posted on the 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 on. Um, the clean the boards page earlier today or Sunday morning, I guess. And Ben Ben slid up and was like, You made Mazvidal seem like he won. He got beat up. I'm like, Yes, I know he got beat up. Um Poor Hans funny. But yeah, he character and he goes out there and retires in Miami. I thought that was him retiring in Miami where he he started. I think that in itself, that in a vacuum is is cool. And his speech about how, like, you know, your favorite quarterback is going to lose his arm. and You know, your favorite basketball player is not going to be able to jump as high anymore. Like, I just don't feel the same as I used to. Because um, I think for casuals, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's a respectful road to call you a casual, but for a casual like me, he came onto the scene when he did the flying knee to knock out Ben Aspirin. And then, like, the yeah. next time he fought, he got put in the fucking shadow realm by – um Usman so that he kind of fell off a cliff and I don't think he won ever since then but I mean the flying knee is gonna be iconic um and then Adesanya I I like I like was actually psyched when I saw the text notification that Adesanya KO'd Pereira yesterday and then I I checked it out Pereira fucking had him he had him like he was he was going at him and then kind of out of nowhere kind of in a crazy move of self-defense he just I saw him just threw a, threw a right hand and, and, and rocked him and kind of went yeah. complete one eighty. Trilogy of that. See another one. I guess not a trilogy. And I guess trilogy at UFC. But that'd be kind of sick. Even fight again. But yeah, it was a good fight. That would be. That, yeah, I can. Adesanya is the style winner. He's he's terrific. What a what a what a guy. Um, yeah. And then last sports thing here. Um, before. Um, I do want to I do want to talk to you for a little bit off 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 the air, um, yeah, um, 
there. Transfer portal. Caleb, show me the love. Oh, He's yeah, going to Michigan. Michigan. That's pretty big, um, actually. I think narrative-wise, not narrative, I guess there's no, no real narrative there, but I think just, like, UNC. I heard he, I heard he like, had something with, like, R.J. Davis's girlfriend. I don't know how true that was. What? Yeah, that was not true. I think I saw it somewhere. I, I don't know, but that was pretty big, like, downfall of UNC, especially with, like, Baycott announcing he's coming back. You're, like, UNC fans, like, all right, maybe we can sort of turn this shit around. But then, like, Caleb leaves, and, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of messy over there. After, after such a promising season and tournament, so that's interesting actually. Because now that you mentioned that, row you and you met you met Zach. You know who Zach is. Um, here at Cuse, yeah. I think Zach was telling me earlier this year that he had heard him a similar thing. How somebody somebody fucked somebody else's girlfriend on the team, and that's well, that's been like the stem of their issues, and and yet they still beat still beat Cuse. Um, yeah. Joe Girard threw it to. The Northwestern kid, instead of letting it go to bounds, never forget that. Um, Tremont Mark, an underrated name if you aren't super locked into college hoops, transferred from Houston to Arkansas. But the Cougars reloaded. They got LJ Cryer from Baylor. And remember, Houston's now going to be in the Big 12, so that's low-key an in, in, in-conference transfer there for LJ Cryer. Oh, that's, that's good for Houston. I think that'll, that'll yeah. make Houston a better team, playing a better conference. A bigger question here, Ro, are you going to finally respect them now? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see how they do the season. They're fucking frauds, in my opinion. Always have, always will be. Fuck them. All right. All right. I mean, Nova beat them last year to reach the Final Four. So, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they gained your respect from that. Or maybe not, I guess. Um, mm, nah, fuck them. Kirk Creasa to West Virginia. I think he's a wildly overrated player. But he is a, he's probably a top 10 pure character in college basketball in terms of players. So I think that's notable just because of the entertainment value. And now we get to see like J.R. Caggiano have a full year experience with Kirk Risa from afar. So that'll be cool. Um, one more college basketball thing on a personal, personal note here. I was um, at the old uh shine center here the student shine center on thursday i want to say and i turn around i'm into the core lifeline and i see new head coach adrian autry walking and behind him is some tall tall kid i'm like must be a recruit must be a recruit so you know i hit up the war chat i'm like who is this who could he be recruiting it's this kid named Donnie Freeman, six foot nine forward from the DMV. And if if you know Syracuse basketball right now, which if if you don't go here, there's no reason why you shouldn't. But um Autry's Autry has good recruiting ties to the DMV. Benny Williams is from Maryland. And um I pulled up a quote from this article. The hot the 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 title is called Donnie Freeman Appreciates Syracuse's Approach on Official Visit. And I'll read some stuff here. Freeman says they got straight to the point. It was strictly about business, having good conversations. Um, Syracuse was really blatant about what they wanted to do with me in that class, and I really liked that. Um, Audrey basically explained how how he was going to be, his plan for him is going to be like a versatile athletic wing um, and how he's going to, 
fit into the man-to-man defense, which is encouraging here. Um, and how he talked with Benny Williams a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, I don't know, it was just cool for me to see a, a recruit up close and personal. Of course, he got giddy, giddy row. I wanted to like, I wanted to like come meet him and be like, hey, what's up? I'm Austin. Like from one tall guy to another. I hope you come here. You know, we can play one on one. And like, if you beat me, you'll have to, you have to, you'll have to, you know, you know, sign your official letter here, some bullshit like that. But, sure. No, didn't do that. Didn't do that. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, that's your college basketball update. Um, Ro, anything else you got sports wise? Sports wise, no, I've been a lot of the past weeks. So I'm just gonna say, like, uh, yeah, go, go, Bulls. Yeah, go, Sox, too. Yeah, the Red Sox have actually been doing well. Swept the Tigers, Adam Duvall, Rafi Big Scoop Stevers. What up, what up? Yeah. Team's looking pretty good this year. Gonna have to take on the undefeated race soon. But uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Likeable team. Yeah. So that's good. Um, oh yeah, John Ball never made it. Uh, when when have we heard that before? But uh but yeah, thanks, Ro. And uh it's now gonna be Monday when you hear this. So uh thanks for listening to the episode and enjoy the NBA playing games.